0: hey happy monday once again hope everyone had a fantastic easter long weekend welcome to episode 42 of outside the Shoot. i'm your host randy frame well good news i don't have COVID. got the test back this earlier this week and uh came back negative which was uh, a great sign but needless to say i i had a bug that uh put me out for almost a week it was uh it was pretty bad But uh, all is good now. You'll actually be able to tell with this interview with Stacy that uh, my voice wasn't exactly as it normally was. And it it, it was pretty funny. It it didn't even sound like me coming through the headphones. And uh, yeah, wait till you hear. It's pretty good. Anyway. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from the Huntsville Hornets out of Texas as Jensen Vienna takes home the weekly honors. Jensen went 5 for 8 with a double, 3 home runs and 8 RBIs, one of those games being a 3 for 3 outing with all 3 being home runs including the Grand Slam. Great job Jensen and best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest and we sat down and chatted with Aussie Spirit Captain and soon to be 3-time Olympian Stacy Porter. Stacy has had an amazing career to date, as she has won two Olympic medals, silver in 2004 in Athens, and a bronze in 2008 in Beijing. She was a first-team All-American in 2003 while playing at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, and has also been named Softball Australia's Indigenous Athlete of the Year on three different occasions. Stacy has gone on to become one of the most feared hitters in the world, and will be looking to add a gold to her Olympic collection coming up in July in Tokyo. We talked to Stacey about getting her start in the game, what the softball scene was like growing up in Australia, her time at University of Hawaii, as well as the honor of being Australia's first indigenous softball athlete to ever compete at the Olympic games. Stacey was so great to interview, and I felt so privileged to be able to sit down and chat with not only such a fantastic person, but one of the greats of this game as well. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. i got the world in my palm, lights, came, my action, in
1: song. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. i got the world in my palm, lights, came, my action, in song. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes you
0: Here we go, Stace. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, I like we just said before before we start recording. I'd like to tell all uh, all my listeners this is actually me and my voice. Uh, <laughs> I'm hearing it for the first time through through my earphones, and it's wild. So uh, it is me. Anyway, how's uh, how's the quarantining going over in Japan?
1: It's not too bad. Yeah. So this is actually my third stint of quarantine. So it's like my fifth week of quarantine um I've had to quarantine back in Australia and in Japan last year so um I guess you could say I'm a little bit used to it but um yeah so far so good I'm sort of nearly through week one of uh, a two-week stint here so I'm um, feeling okay at the moment
0: right on so you're, you're a veteran of this whole game then <laughs> <laughs> <I
1: guess. laughs> when's uh
0: when's the season start over there
1: so our season kicks off um on the 16th of April uh or the 17th of april yeah one of those days
0: okay.
1: um yeah so i'm in division two um in the japanese league this year so division one kicks off um this weekend i think so yeah we've got a couple of extra weeks um to get fine-tuned i guess and um yeah we'll we'll get a week's training with the team before we
0: um we head out on the diamond with them which will be good right How how long's the season
1: Uh, It finishes in October. So it's always been a bit of a split season here in Japan. So we get um, the first half in which finishes up sort of early June um, and then we kick back off again um, September and it finishes at the end of October.
0: Oh, wow. That's quite a long season actually.
1: Yeah, it takes a long time. But, um, yeah, because we have sort of a break in the middle of the year, which has always been the case. Mm. Um, And in Division Two at the moment we only – I think we only have – Twelve games, um, uh-huh. in total. So it's it's a long season for not many games. So lots of practice, um, but yeah, good to go.
0: Yeah. So well, since we're talking about Japanese league, how many seasons have you been have you been playing there?
1: Yeah, this is my fourteenth season. So I've been going a going a fair while. Um, yeah, it's it's challenging, it's rewarding, um, it's fun. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm still doing it. <laughs>
0: how, how do you like how How's the culture over there? Like, it's well, I mean. It's- obviously different than what you know we're used to how do you how do you like the culture
1: yeah, I love the culture. Um, yeah, very different to what we're used to. Um, they're very disciplined. Um, they're good people. Uh, they take care of each other. So yeah, the the softball discipline is is something that's um, really stood out for me, and and something that I've loved learning um, over the the years. They're very respectful of their game. They're very respectful of their coaches um, and of each other. So it's it's a really good environment to be in.
0: Yeah, I, I we've had uh, you know Kaylee Rafter and and sam fisher on here who's played over in japan and and they talked about the uh the practicing over there how you know it's uh, there's a lot of practice they treat it they treat it almost like a work day don't they
1: yeah, it is. And they're all company employees. So, you know, my company is a transport company and um, they're treated as as an, a company employee. You know, they feel like it's a business mm-hmm. um, and they sort of get up and go to work every day and, and put forward their best effort. And yeah, I'm sure the girls would agree that it's it's something that it's, it's pretty special to be around.
0: Right on. So, yeah, well, you know, one week you get to get you get started again. So uh, I'm sure that's going to be fun times. Um, we started a new segment on here last week. Uh, it's called quick pitches. It's kind of a Ooh, okay. kind of a thing to break the ice here. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw ten random questions. You yep. answer you answer them as best you can.
1: Okay. All right.
0: I'm gonna start the timer. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> Ready. If you could travel back in time, what year would you go to?
1: Oh, um, probably or oh, two thousand. I think that's that that was a fun year.
0: Okay. Favorite ju- favorite junk food. <laughs>
1: Uh, potato chips.
0: Mm. Have you ever worn socks with sandals?
1: Yes. Yes. It's a thing.
0: I love it. (laughs) Of course. Actually, (laughs) I have too. (laughs) Favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Uh, (sighs) Uh, there's one at Baskin-Robbins called Gold Medal Ribbon. So it's kind of got some chocolate and some caramel sort of swirls through it.
0: Ooh, gold, foreshadowing, gold Medal, <laughs> like it. Uh, uh, what's the best age? Uh, 30. Okay. What's your favorite carb to eat? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? Ooh, pasta. Mm. Are they track suit pants or tracky decks? uh tracky ducks
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that an aussie thing <laughs> I,
0: I i think so i've actually never heard about that before and i was like oh wow i could ask that <laughs>
1: good question <laughs> what's
0: something you could eat for a week straight
1: um mexican
0: yes me as well <laughs> tacos <laughs> how how would you rate your karaoke skills
1: uh on a scale of one to 10, a one. But <laughs> I think when I'm doing it, I feel like a 10, Yo. but I'm definitely a one.
0: 100%. I'm the same way too. <laughs> 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 All right. Last one. Have yep. you ever had a Vegemite sandwich? Yes. Really?
1: Yes. Yes. You grow up on that as a kid in Australia and I still eat them.
0: <laughs> okay. the, yeah. What is it exactly?
1: It's- well, it's like a, a paste, a vegetable type of extracty, very salty paste. I get why people don't like it because, you know, generally if you haven't grown up on it it it's something that's really hard to take. But um yeah, it's it's like you you have it as a kid on toast with butter.
0: Um, it's actually really nice. I don't okay. know if you like. <laughs> have you tried it? No, I've never tried it. The only, really the, nice. only, the only reason I know of it is because the Men at Work song, Land Down Under.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I, I do enjoy it. Not every Australian enjoys it, but a lot do. <laughs> All right. well,
0: that's good to know. So anyway, with every guest, we started off with uh, tell us when and where you got your start in the game.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I just started playing softball in my hometown. Um, I was born in a little country town in New South Wales of Australia. Um, and softball was a big sport in Tamworth and lots of sports were were pretty big in Tamworth, but softball was one of the bigger ones. Um, and my mum played before me, my sister played. Um, and I was just, you know, that really overactive kid that always wanted to do something so mum got me into t-ball at the start and um yeah I've never really stopped so that was like I think I was five when I started um yeah and have continued to play pretty much ever since
0: right on so uh, how was the minor ball program growing up there like was it all girls teams or you know did you did you play with the guys until a certain age
1: yeah I did play with the guys in T-ball. I do remember um, running around with the boys for a, at least a couple of years. I think maybe it was like under 12 level um, where it sort of moved into girls only, into the mod ball, we called it, which was from T-ball. And then you went into softball after that. So a few years with the boys and then um into the girls only.
0: Right on. Any good memories, uh, like, you know, growing up until you you hit U16? Was there <laughs> Was there anything that you remember?
1: Uh, I I do remember like just being down at the park on a Saturday, and it just being filled with ball players. Um, you know, if you went down to that park today, um, it would be a lot different. Mm. Excuse me, unfortunately, yeah, the the sport. I was playing my game in the morning and then waiting around in, in the afternoon watching the senior leagues. So, um, you know, that's where you learn and, and develop. And, um, yeah. So unfortunately that that's not the case these days, but I do just remember a sea of people across the diamonds, which, um, yeah, it's, it's a fond memory for me.
0: Yeah, I know we, we've touched about that, you know, a little bit on here about, you know, how it was, you know, how the game was back in the, you know, late eighties, early nineties growing up that, you know, you'd go to the ballpark and it would be packed. Like, yep. you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and sometimes you get it now and then here, but back yeah. then it, it was a staple, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to... St- for you guys to say it's the same for you over there, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have realized that was how it was for you guys over there. But definitely in Australia, we've um, we've struggled the last few years. Um, you know, being in and out of in in and out of the Olympic Games is takes a hit on your sport at times, which is sad. But um, you know, we've got some good people that are always trying to push the ground roots um, part of our game, which you know, hopefully that can can keep on going for the next
0: few years. Yep, absolutely. So. Tell us about your time with the New South Wales in the U16 and U19 national competition. You know, you've had some pretty good success, both team wise and individually as well, have you not?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh God, you're making me. <laughs> I got to think back. What? Those times. <laughs> I haven't done that for a while yet. <laughs> no, our under-16s and, and our junior programs in New South Wales were always strong. Um, yeah, fond memories growing up playing, you know, um, with my mates and, and developing my game again, you know, um, I used to have to travel from Tamworth, so my... Where we trained was in Sydney, uh, which was about a five hour drive. So every weekend, um, thankfully, when I was back in under 16s, one of the coaches is from my hometown. So we used to travel together on a Friday uh, and, you know, back on a Sunday, five hours, which, um, you know, I never sort of blinked an eye out it was always what I wanted to do so yeah fond memories great success um we always had great coaches and um it was a really strong program to to grow up within
0: right on yeah I was gonna ask it like is there any like coaches that you could name that you know you know would have helped you quite a bit along the way there
1: yeah, absolutely. I would have to say my um under sixteen well, he was my Tamworth coach at my, in my hometown, uh, Richard Webb. I still call him Mr. Webb. Um yeah, so he was he was a, a big part of my childhood, um and still supports whenever he can. Um he would have been in Tokyo had had the spectators been allowed. So he's he's been to a couple of other uh tournaments and stuff. So yeah, big influence and um someone that I regard very highly.
0: Right on. Um so was it around this time? It Well, obviously, it probably would have been around this time where you would have decided to go to University of Hawaii.
1: It was, yeah. So I think it was um, at my under-19 national tournament. Coach Bob Coolen came out. Um, There had been a few Australians go to the UH before, um, so there was a nice little connection there. So yeah, he came out to our national tournament um, and offered a scholarship and yeah, and I was always kind of, I never really had the drive to to stay at home and, and go to uni and, um, study that way, it was always going to be softball for me. And those sorts of opportunities, um, Um, don't, you can't get those sorts of opportunities in Australia at university. So yeah, I was always looking to go overseas and play. Um, and you know, Hawaii seems like a great fit for me. It wasn't as quite as far away. Um, as the mainland of the us but mm. yeah it was you know it was a, a great spot and and yeah i loved
0: my time at uh was there any other colleges on the radar then
1: no no not at all it was yeah. kind of um yeah it was a little bit different i think back in those days i think there's a lot more opportunities around these days um, Yeah. yeah but no i just had the one and um and i was super happy with that
0: so what was your first impression of the campus and facility when you got there
1: it was massive, massive. Yeah. So I because I grew up in a in a small country town. I remember leaving the day, leaving my little hometown on the plane, and I was so overwhelmed and <laughs> nervous. And um, I think I got to Sydney Airport and like forgot my bat. I left it on the carousel. Oh. <laughs> it was a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> so getting to the college and yeah, just walking around the campus and I guess realizing the impact of this the sports programs in the universities was because i never i never did a visit i never saw the campus before i went there um so it was it was awesome though
0: yeah right on yeah it it would have been totally different back then eh? like that was 2001 so i mean you know there, no nobody really had cell phones back then or or anything social (laughs) social media wasn't a thing right so
1: no, social so, media wasn't. I think I did have like a flip phone at one stage. <laughs> Actually,
0: yeah, now that I think about it, so did I. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. but we
1: definitely used the room the room phone a lot more than my flip phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Wow, <laughs> Throwing it back old school. Uh, so, I mean, you'd have three very impressive seasons there, uh, setting a the number of school records. What were some of the things that you took with you from there that, you know, help you along the way in your career?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, going to a a college program and, um, you know, how you kind of have your starters and your non-starters. Um, so you always really had to earn your spot. Um, and just the practice part of it, like, um, I'm not sure if people realize how different softball is in Australia to America. Um, you know, we would practice, like I said, I would travel to Sydney and we would practice, you know, every weekend, um, whereas, you know, to get the opportunity to practice just about every day with, in the college system um, was something that I really enjoyed. And, and I certainly still to this day say that it it elevated my game. And just being in Div 1, in top competition, you know, you're facing quality pitches the whole time. Um, how can you sort of not elevate your game and, and improve on what you do?
0: Yeah. Uh, any big uh any big memories stick out from your time at University of Hawaii? Uh
1: we uh not that I remember I do remember facing Jenny Finch. We were playing the University of Arizona at one time and I think I may have scraped a hit off her, so that was that was a bit of a buzz back in those days. But um oh none in particular. Oh, I just used to love playing in the in the home crowd and and having all the fans around that was always a buzz.
0: Yeah, no no doubt. So I mean, like playing out of Hawaii like was the schedule set up that, you know, teams would come in for weekends or or how did that how did that go anyway as far as your schedule goes?
1: Yes, yes. So they did they did have weekends. We had tournaments at home. Um we did a a fair bit of travel, of course. Um and a lot of travel to the West Coast. In particular, we didn't sort of get to the East Coast much. So yeah. um, our conference back then was the WAC, which is the Western okay, Athletic yep. Conference. Yeah, which was, I think they're all quite different nowadays, but a lot of those teams were sort of in California. So a lot of travel to California. Um, and then, yeah, they used to have those those tournaments of, of weekends that teams would come out to us, which obviously every team loved to come to Hawaii
0: and play. Right on. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh yeah. I want to touch on your time with the Australian Junior National team uh just for mm-hmm. a little bit. How uh yep. How cool is that? You know, I mean being, you know, that young and getting, you know, your first year traveling across the US and then second year, you know, you got nationals and everything. That that must have been pretty cool. Yes, yeah, it
1: was. Fun memories of playing in the junior junior ranks. Um, yeah, you know, you you grow up wanting to play for Australia. Um, that's That was always a dream of mine. So, yeah, we had some good times and um, fond memories. I think I've said that a few times today, but I do have really good fond memories of, of all my times in the game, which is great. But, yeah, junior, we went to Junior Worlds, I think, in Taipei. Um, back in 1999. We got to travel, like you said, to the US. Um, Yeah. So all those times are just, you know, such eye-opening time for kids of our age. So um, yeah, lots of great memories. And um, yeah, Taiwan was interesting. I remember um, our junior worlds in Taiwan in 99 was, um, yeah, that was cool. We didn't perform as well as we'd wanted, but such a great experience for my first sort of time with the national team overseas.
0: Right on, absolutely. I mean at that age, time if you can travel, you know, to that far away. Mm. <laughs> I mean that's that's pretty cool at that exactly. age. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. 2002, you'd be named to the Aussie Spirit squad. How special was that <laughs> moment for you?
1: Yeah, that was super special. Um, you know, I'm still playing today. I never really thought it would go on for this long, but um Yeah, I, you know, grew up watching the Aussie Spirit play. I watched them on the TV at the Olympics. Um, Yeah, and just always... Always wanted to to be in an Aussie Spirit jersey, so yeah, super special and something that I'll never forget. My first time it was actually in Japan, so that was a a nice memory. um Yeah, I've still still got mates from that time, um which is cool. But yeah, really really awesome to
0: to first hear you're in the Aussie Spirit. Right, and actually you you talked about 2000. That was that was the year Sydney hosted, was it not? It was. Yeah. Yes. So yeah,
1: I was in the stands. <laughs> how,
0: really, I, I was actually going to yeah. ask you how amazing was that?
1: <laughs> yeah it was
0: unreal especially Um, the game where where you guys beat the u.s
1: yes yes do you know what i was actually at that game no way um i'd yeah i'd flown in from tamworth which is yeah my little country town and we'd flown in there was sort of four of us softball fans from tamworth we flew in um and because the game went so long we had to leave and catch our flight back home um so we missed like the home run no yeah but just to be at at a home olympics i've i've got many friends from that team and they just said that that's probably the best experience of their life was playing in front of their home crowd so yeah it was it was a buzz to be in the stands and yeah the girls just said it was a, an amazing atmosphere to be on the diamond as well
0: oh no doubt anyway speaking of the olympics uh, 2004 pretty big year for you mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Can you remember the feeling you got when you realized that you'd be heading to Athens for the Olymp- Olympic Games?
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> I remember I was um, – so we got phone calls back in those days that was, you know, you're you're in the team or you're out of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was never a, a sure thing for uh, for 2004. So I was at home um, and I locked myself in my room. I was like, Mom, just leave, <laughs> leave me in here. <laughs> And, um, yeah, opened up the door and, and walked out and said, I'm going,
0: <laughs> which is yeah.
1: super cool tears. You know, it was nice to be around mum and my sister and my dad at the time. So yeah, it was, I do remember the moment that, um, yeah,
0: that I got the phone call, which is, which is cool. Oh, that's awesome. How, uh, <laughs> how were the nerves during that first appearance that you had?
1: Yeah, I think, um, so I've been to two Olympics and I always say that my experiences were really different at both Olympics. Um, and like I said, I was a young, I was the youngest on the team um, in uh, Athens and I probably didn't have a, as much expectation on myself as I did in Beijing because I'd sort of, I guess I'd, you know, secured my spot in the team and and I mm. really needed needed to perform and, and do my part. Um, whereas I th- I definitely, there was nerves, no doubt about it, um, you know, and, and you sort of got to get through the wow, I'm in the Olympic village and look, there's Rafael Nadal. You know, you got to get past all of that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely nerves, but I never sort of remember being, um, I never really had, you know, super high expectations. I was, I always knew I had to do a job, but um, you know, I, I had some super special teammates around me that, that, you know, guided me and and, you know, were great great people to be around. So yeah, I think Beijing, I probably would have been a little bit more nervous, uh, um, and worried about my performance, but yeah, Athens was, was really enjoyable and, um, yeah, we, we had a really good result in Athens. Obviously we got a silver medal, which is, um, the best we've ever done. So yeah, it was, it was a great memory.
0: Awesome. So how special was it that you were the first Australian indigenous softball athlete to ever compete at the Olympic games?
1: Yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud Indigenous woman and always have been. But um, yeah, I I didn't really know that for a while because there's been Australian Indigenous people in, in the softball program for a long time. But um, to know that I was the first was, yeah, super special and, and to know that you can sort of you know, I'm, I was never just going to be the first and the last, mm. you know, there'll be, there'll be heaps more kids coming through that, that will do the same as me. But yeah, it was, that was a nice feeling.
0: Oh, I, yeah. Like for heritage wise, like that's got kind of to mind blowing actually. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> We've got a long history in, in Australia and um, yeah, that was cool to carry it on.
0: Yeah. Now, now you talked about 2008 in Beijing. Uh, can you remember from a personal standpoint you know what your mindset was going into that one Be you know being four years removed from athens how much more established player in the game you know how, how your mindset was
1: yeah i think i was like i was always a player that was very hard on myself i've i've thankfully i'm i've matured i would say <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so i always had high expectations of performing like i said in athens um i wasn't I wasn't as worried about performance. Um, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, Beijing, I definitely wanted to perform, and um, actually, I, I actually didn't perform that well in Beijing. Um, Which, yeah, for whatever reason, that didn't happen. But, yeah, definitely probably put a little bit too much pressure on myself um, in that Olympics. So, obviously, 13 years later, um, I will be making sure that that doesn't happen again this time around.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And and you, you said 13 years later. My next question was, how big of a blow was it, do you think, that softball was taken out after the Games in 2008?
1: Yeah, it's a kick in the guts really. Like how, how do you put a sport, you know, a whole program into the Olympic Games and then take it out? I, I agree. Just never really, <laughs> I never really understood how that happens. Um and I still don't know why it happened, you know. It's yeah. um people say it's political and um and whatnot. So yeah, just a kick in the guts. Um, you know we love our game so much. And I think the the softball community is a great community around the world. So I think we all felt the same, um, you know, the world softball organization did a great job in moving the world championships to every two years. And obviously they did all they could, but you know, the Olympics is a pinnacle of any sport. So um, to be taken off the, the Olympic, you know, to so to speak um yeah it was it was devastating and certainly for those younger you know there's a whole generation of of girls that would have missed out on going to the olympic games which um it's yeah that, that's kind of sad
0: yeah i mean you think about those 12 years essentially 13 really but uh you think about those those 12 years and i mean that's a lot of years that you could have had more growth in the game if, exactly yeah if, if they yeah. hadn't been in the olympics and and yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me because it's so well attended like it you yeah. know it I don't know and the fact that it's out after this year and they're bringing in breakdancing. Yeah. break dancing like I know yeah don't uh, get me stuck. I know it's just ridiculous <laughs> like uh, it's frustrating yeah, it right it's
1: hard to take isn't
0: it yeah it 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 really is like it don't totally even yeah. m- and and the thing it's like the thing for me moving forward it's in London the mm-hmm. next one and it's not like that's not a softball community you know what i mean
1: yeah it's sad isn't it so that that's obviously that's why we get taken out you yeah. know there's there's sports that they want in and there's sports that they want to take out but yeah i, I don't know it's just it's just um yeah it's a bit gut wrenching really for yeah. those and I, I like i said i think of those players that that have missed out there's a lot of talent that's probably not playing the game of softball anymore because of it yeah
0: and i'm sure um I'm sure it's gonna be back in twenty twenty eight when it's in Los Angeles, but you know, yes. that's another eight year period.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's another really rebuilding phase, isn't it? Yeah. And you, you're gonna to wanna to keep players around for that amount of time. And um for Australia, that's that's a tough gig because we don't have the college system. Um, you know, we we only really have the world championships that we go to. So it's a, you know, countries like us. Mm. Um it's it's a struggle to keep players you know, at the top level and, and it's a paid gig. So you have to pay your way
0: yeah, exactly. in Australia
1: to play for it, to play for your country. So, um, yeah, you get, I mean, you get, you do get the, the people that love it and really want to be there. Um, but you certainly do still lose a few of those players that, you know, other things pop up and, um, and that's fair enough. And, and they sort of go their separate ways, but yeah.
0: Yeah. It's frustrating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's move on. <laughs>
1: So change the subject.
0: <laughs> so I want to touch briefly on national play between states and Australia. Um, yes, I've watched some clips online, and it seems like yeah. you know it's very well received by the crowds, sizes, and mm-hmm. you know the caliber of play. How would you describe Aussie national scene?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's our pinnacle event in Australia, so it's a a week, generally a week long tournament. Um, yeah. And it's, I think generally it's a double round robin. So we go at each other twice and then head into the finals, but yeah, great quality. Um, we do get some good crowds and we move it around the the country. So it's not always in the one spot. Um, yeah. So unfortunately we didn't get to play this year because of COVID. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a tournament that everyone loves. Um, we get great fan support and you know, it's some good quality softball.
0: Right on. Actually, that's one thing that was actually just struck me off the top of my head. Is like the softball scene mainly on the west coast of Australia or is is there anything like on the east coast?
1: Yeah, it's well mainly on the east coast, and that's only because where most of the states are. So WA Uh, Western Australia is on the West coast. Um, Oh, sorry. Yes. I I had my geography
0: messed up there in my head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So the East coast like is where Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, ACT, all those sort of States are. Um, and if you were to sort of fly from our side to the other side, it's about five hours, um, to across to WA, but, um, yeah, so mostly on the East Coast, but they they travel around. Well, we actually had a three-year period that um, our national tournament was in Perth, in WA, um, and that was weather-wise. Um, yeah, generally you, you didn't get much rain and, and it was great weather in um, January in Perth. So, yeah, it, it we travel all around, uh, which is great. You get to see the country um, and it's, yeah, it's easier for some states than others, but that's mm. how it is.
0: Right on. Games get pretty intense in there.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, finals time is um is always a great week uh and a great few days at Nationals.
0: Right. So, do the do the men and women both have it at the same time? Like is it at the same time?
1: No, it's not at the same time okay. generally. Yeah, so um, sometimes, well, it, it depends really generally. No. Um, but I think sometimes the junior leagues, the under, I think they're under 18s now, not 19s and 16s, they play at the same venue, um, at times. And then there's been times where they have like a, an under 15 grade, um, who will play with the open women's um at their nationals and the open men's at their nationals to sort of create a little bit more atmosphere which is that was i think that was a great idea that Softball oh. Australia did yeah joining those two leagues and you know those under 15 kids could
0: watch the the open level and um yeah so it's really good awesome that's that's pretty cool actually um <laughs> so leading up to olympics over the last few years uh how did you and the rest of the team enjoy playing in the national pro fastpitch league there for for a couple of years there
1: yeah we loved it um like i've I've kind of said you know our softball scene in Australia is very different to you guys in America um, so yeah it was a, a great opportunity for us to be i guess professional ball players for a couple of months you know our girls come back to Australia and they have to get up and go to the gym and then go to work so I think um, for us to be in an environment where we're sort of pro for you know three months of the year was really beneficial for us um, you know we we had a great a great tune-up, I guess, um, and lead up into our qualifier, which was in 2019 in China, playing in the pro league. Um, And just, yeah, just something that we can't do at home. And um, I know all the girls really love getting over there and, and being in that environment.
0: You guys were based out of Minnesota, were you not?
1: We were at the last time. Yeah, yeah. we were based in Mankato, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was which was great. They were great. That's pretty the much. Aussie, Canada. Aussie peppers we were called. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we loved it. Yeah, of course, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, but how how was it there? Yeah, it was great there. But
1: yeah, it was awesome. the The Mankato Peppers really took us under their wing. Um, we played at their little home field. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, we stayed at a local university. Um, but, yeah, they just great people to be around and you can just see that the softball community in Mankato in particular. I'm sure everywhere else is the same, but, you know, we got some great service and, and hospitality in Mankato and we had planned to go back again um, last year, but unfortunately that didn't all sort of work out. So, um, yeah, we, we have fond memories and and have had a great time in of in our time at the mpf
0: right on so uh with you know you're in japan for until june mm-hmm. how's the uh how's the rest of the training going for the re- the the rest of the girls you know leading up to Tokyo. yes
1: yeah so we actually um about two and a half three weeks ago we just finished our first camp together in 12 months so we had a a a camp down in Canberra at our Australian Institute of Sport um, which was fantastic Um, but next so we're just training within our home states at the moment so everyone's separate at home Um, and we were actually meant to go into camp next week but we've had a bit of a COVID scare in Brisbane in Australia so they've had to push that camp back which is unfortunate but um, they're hoping just to postpone that a couple of weeks um and then reschedule and go again. So everyone's sort of training in their own little um different states at the moment. And then there's opportunities hopefully to come together as a group um moving forward. So you just yeah, the, the time for us together in um in Canberra was just fantastic. Like you just, you know, you you haven't seen these people for twelve months, and um, you know you hope they're back home working their butts off like everyone else is. And, and I can tell you, a hundred percent, it was that was the case when we got to Canberra a few weeks ago. Everyone, everyone was you know on the mark, and, and they looked like they were ready to go. So that was awesome.
0: Right on. Uh, actually, I wanted to ask about the Australian Institute of Sport. What is, is mm-hmm. that? Like is that like a college or? Because I I mean online, I've I've seen it and everything. But what exactly is it?
1: Well, it's like, I guess it's a, it's a governing body that supports all Australian sports. So you can live, um, in Canberra at the AIS, the Australian Institute of Sport, um, full time. Right. So they support all the sort of the programs within Australian sport at the elite level. Um, yeah. And then, so they are joined, they work quite closely with softball australia to um you know we don't live on campus at the ais but they still support us and there's funding and you know they they give us access to lots of great things so yeah they're just kind of like a a governing body of yeah
0: i don't know if that's what you call it it's probably not at all but (laughs) they 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 offer scholarships do they not
1: i think they do yeah so we we used to be it's a it's all really i don't know it's a bit difficult to explain so we used to get an AIS scholarship. Um, but that doesn't happen anymore, but they support our sport. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But there is people that are on AIS scholarships, individual athletes, as well as team sports.
0: Right on. Well, that's, you know, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing to have down there. I, I, I'm not sure that we have anything like that around here. I'm probably going to be ridiculed (laughs) big time by saying, I don't know if we have (laughs) anything like this around here, but, uh, you know, from a, you know, from a, country standpoint i'm not sure but anyway yeah
1: it's great support yes
0: (laughs) anyway before we move on to the final segment uh i want to ask i want to ask about the uh new indigenous training jerseys that were presented to you and all the girls a few weeks ago how empowering was that moment for you
1: yeah you've done your research that's great hey that's what (laughs) i do all over it (laughs) (laughs) yeah empowering is a great word um you know i we spoke about Indigenous a little bit earlier, but uh, there was three three of us girls that um, got to stand up in front of the team and sort of say what Indigenous being Indigenous meant to us, and that was a really powerful moment for all three of us. Um, you know, we we come from a long line of history of of people that you know have fought their way through through some pretty tough tough stuff. Yeah, tough yep. stuff. Um, yeah, so it was. Um, Super special to stand up in front of your teammates and and connect in that way. And, yeah, the shirt was designed by... You know, a lovely lady, um, a friend of mine, Kylie, who, you know, she had said to me many times, I'd love to do a shirt. I'd love to do a shirt for you guys. And then, yeah, we had the opportunity. We had a new sponsor, a clothing sponsor come on board. So um, the question was asked if we could have an Indigenous um, shirt. Uh, One of my teammates, Leah Leah Parry, was like, let's get an Indigenous shirt. I was like, yes. I can't (laughs) believe we haven't. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't thought of that, you know, years before this, but anyway, um, yeah, Kylie came on board, designed a cool shirt, um, that, you know, the design is always something really meaningful. Um, and the design that Kylie designed was, about everyone playing in different states and then coming together as one to play in the Aussie spirit. So, yeah, lots of meaning behind it, and um, yeah, super special that we could stand up and and give our side of the story. And it was really receptive. Um, the girls were really receptive, and I thought it was a really special moment to kick off the um, the Aussie Spirit camp.
0: Absolutely, that's fantastic. And and I saw the the jerseys; that they look awesome.
1: Yeah, they do, don't they? Stand out. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so. On to the last segment. We call it the yep. uh, player association.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I throw out a name and yeah, you can say as much or as little about them as you want. All righty. Here we go. I'm starting <laughs> okay. I'm starting it off with uh, Kate Judd.
1: Kate Judd, oh Juddy. Juddy was my like college buddy. So yeah, we we were in Hawaii together, roommates. Um yeah, one of my closest college buddies, and yeah, love Juddy.
0: Right on. Uh, Next is Tanya Harding.
1: Tanya Harding. Yeah. Great, great person. Um, I have a lot of respect for T. You know, I grew up watching her and then I got to play against her and she struck me out, you know, every (laughs) single time I played against her. But, um, yeah, great person. And I was lucky enough to be in Japan with her too for my first season. Um, Yeah. So got to live with T and play with T and, yeah, learn a lot from T.
0: Excellent. Uh, next is uh, Vanessa Stokes.
1: Vanessa Stokes, um, yeah, Ness, another strong Indigenous woman um, who's very, very proud of her culture and where she comes from. Um, unfortunately, she's not playing the game anymore. Um, but yes, yeah, so she was. She was a great, fun person to be around. Very, very funny, um, and you know, she had a, a great inner, inner warrior within her that I really admired.
0: Awesome. Next is Janice Blackman.
1: Janice Blackman, another strong Indigenous woman. Um, Super proud of Janice at the moment. She has worked her butt off over the last sort of couple of years um, and is, you know, had a really good tournament or not a tournament, uh, camp down in Canberra um, and is playing some really good ball at the moment. So I'm excited to see what Janice
0: can do in the next few months. Right on. Actually, that's how I found out about the jersey was the the uh, segment she did. Yeah. And that's how I found, and uh, oh my God, yeah. her laugh is so infectious.
1: <laughs> she's a character, Janice, isn't it? That's just her <laughs> energy. Like she is like from the top, like she loves her, her downtime and, you know, she's very happy to stay in her room. And, um, but when she comes out, she's, she's out and yeah, she's great to be around Jen.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, next on the list is Gabby Plain.
1: Gabs. Gabs is, um, doing very well in the college system. We're super proud of Gabby for flying the flag um, over there and doing really well for you, Dub. Um, yeah, Gabs is a very cool, calm, and collected sort of person, and um, yeah, she's really easy to be behind on the mound.
0: Yeah, she's definitely coming into her own right now. Like, she, like as far as I'm concerned, she's top three in NCAA. Yeah, right wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's doing really well. We're yeah, we're really happy with Gabs.
0: Right on. Last on the list. All right. Melanie Roach.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you were gonna bring her. <laughs> Melanie Roach. Oh geez. Got you can't have anything good up. to
0: say about her, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was I was chatting to her last night. She's like, make sure you get me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even have to. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I idolized Mel growing up. Um, she was a always a fierce competitor. Um, and yeah, her, you know, her fighting spirit and, um, her guts and determination is something that I admire a lot. Um, yeah. And I'm very lucky to be by her side now.
0: Mm, that's all. Yeah. Like I, I went back and, you know, watched highlights of Mel on yeah. YouTube over the last week and man, <laughs> she could bring it.
1: Yeah. She's, she's a, another level, you know, she's, um, yeah, very, very cool to watch. And I was lucky enough to be in the Aussie team with her and get to play alongside her. Um, which was yeah, super special for me.
0: That's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> uh Awesome. Thank this, you. This has been fantastic. This is uh, you know, I I gotta thank you for coming on. I mean you big part yeah, of the, no big part of the game. One of the best hitters to ever play the game. So uh, you know, I got I gotta thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, it's great what you do, um, getting our little sport of softball out there. So, yeah, thank you for all the support. And, um, yeah, I've had a great time.
0: All right. Uh, best of luck, the season in Japan this year. And most of all, best of luck at the Olympics in Tokyo.
1: Yeah, thanks very much. Go the Aussie spirit.
0: Yes, sir. All right, Stace, take care. You
1: thank you. So Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I love you so much. I-
0: So never took it serious, then what we had got fucked up. We grew apart, but in my heart I still love ya. Back at the start I thought it last so long, went by so fast, now it feels like the passion is gone. Everything I loved about you just got pissed away, and it really gets to be because I miss some days. You was more than is it's pretty much you God It's the farthest thing from it to your heartless, and never thought less of the job, this job, poor part hit. Even though I couldn't get your cards and chocolates, you put up with my nonsense day after day. You are one of the types you don't let get away. Shit, we used to get. Together. I remember one time you were so sick we almost puked together Your mood was better then, but who would have knew what we had We would soon lose forever, damn I still love you You, you were like my sunshine, We were too young for love But I knew you'd be mine, had to let you go and get on with my life. Now I got you back and you leave leaving
1: this time And I know I can always rely When I know you'll be keeping me high I won't Let you go, not again, cause I know I love my message I know I can't, know. can't take it serious You gotta know what I'm feeling, that This type of love ain't hard to find But you know you're always on my
0: mind love I
1: know I can't take it serious I'm gonna do the I same thing right now, man This type of love ain't hard to find
0: one. I know, I said I wouldn't do it, but I did it And now it got me wishing that my position was switching Never no hugs, no tongue, never kiss it But keep fucking with it since the first day I hit it The minute that you talked I would listen You made the way that I walk a little different I like your vibe like the way that you feel your head style from the start Now you're paying my bills I gotta love it Yeah I'm a little obsessed and I'll confess without you I feel a little depressed The wife's handed Sick of me giving you my attention Really I see a point but it was never my intention I'm always talking and bragging you up like, yo, check this. Is she amazing or what? And the better that you get, the better. I can't complain. The mistress in my life, music before the fame. I love her. I knows that you're always on time. And the minute she's gone, <laughs> you know chilling just